All right. That was some music from Hazy Loper. That was an instrumental track called Clarion Alley. We're here in San Francisco's Mission District. I'm Global Val. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on Mutiny Radio. FM here in the Mission District. I'm here with uh, Diamond Dave, who's uh, sauntering over to sit down in the chair and say hello to everybody. Welcome you to the show. Oh, hey, brothers and sisters, uh, fellow human beings. We got a couple of folks here who've been uh, been uh, talking about been talking about putting out the word. They're friends of Amos. Amos is a uh, is the Vietnam vet who has the Vietnam vets on wall and uh, down in the tunnel line. Am I right? Yes, he does. Uh, but he's also uh, uh, he also is connected with the Turkish uh, uh, the Turkish community. Am I right? Yeah, a- Amos is. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So you've been working with him as far as providing health, to, health care to finding ways to get health care to the refugees. Is that right? Uh, no. Um, so when we were, I was there, I'm Stephen, by the way. Oh, yeah, welcome. Yeah, let's introduce each. <laughs> you can just introduce yourselves from Sorry. that. Maybe pull that a little bit yeah, closer to you. Yeah, please introduce yourselves. Okay. Yeah. In fact, uh, we're just jump. We're just <laughs> jumping in. Dave's an, an enthusiastic. Um, <laughs> host um but thank you for being here i know um uh, so this group that you formed is called the global medical brigade is that correct yes um so i am kimberly and Hi, kimberly. me and steven are here from foothill um college which is down in palo alto and we're just here to talk about our club that we're in it's a foothill medical and dental brigade club and we're just here to talk to you about what we do if you want to get into it? Uh, so um, our goal is to provide uh, health care for people in Central America. Um, for the past few years, they, we've worked in uh, Honduras. Um, we provide you know, everything from like soaps to like you know, vaccines, uh, antibiotic care, um, and you know, just like educating people on like how to take care of their bodies and how to take care of like their families' bodies. Uh, you know, that's education that we kind of take for granted here, but it's not really available everywhere. Yeah, definitely. And also something we do all year is we fundraise. We fundraise to, um, and that money that we fundraise for, we buy the medications that we take with us. And we also um, pay for the doctors that from the local community. So like last year, we went to Honduras. And so we paid the doctors that are Honduran doctors and the dentists as well. And we purchase soaps, shampoos, and conditioners. And we make those into hygiene packs. And all, each hygiene pack we made, like, maybe like 400 500 or, and more wow. and we get we take those with us as well and we give those to each um, patient that we see at the clinic and as well as the families that we help out and so it, it's honestly such a huge difference and I remember last year I went in the summer and this lady she actually she cried to me when I actually gave her the hygiene pack because, because she was like, we haven't had toothpaste here in months. Wow. And I would just be brushing my teeth with water and salt. And she was just crying to me. And it made me so emotional because just with something that we take for granted every day, like we have pharmacies around the corner and right. doctors and everything that's so close to us. And these people, they have to travel miles and hours just to get to a local hospital. And for them, it's so far like they have to travel four hours just to go to their local hospital and so it's something that we take for granted and just seeing how much they cherish and appreciate everything we give them it's just unbelievable that is that is a a, oh that's a real reminder uh, (laughs) of our of our um, north american privilege here um so how did you get involved in this in this club in this endeavor (laughs) maybe both of you can answer that question Um, 
so I, I've always loved aid work um, my entire life. Uh, my first time working in aid work was in Vietnam. I worked in an orphanage there for a few months, and then uh, after that, I worked uh, with refugees in Turkey. And um, you know, my passion for it uh, is going to be lifelong to you know help people that um, maybe not be maybe not be in a position to help themselves. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, I I'm in a biology course now, you know, cellular biology, the learning process to eventually become a doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, my teacher uh, was talking about you know this program that she runs at our school. And I was like, perfect, that sounds right up my alley. Like, help people, you know, that might not be in a position to help themselves. Like, I'm absolutely all about that. So I I asked her, um, because of my experience, like, if I could be, you know, in a leadership position, you know, help get the word out and, like, help get funding to get this project off the ground. And she said, absolutely. So, you know, here I am, uh, just trying to spread the word and trying to get funding and help for our project to help these people in uh, Panama this year. Okay, so so it's it's going to be in, in throughout different countries. So you've been down to Honduras. You're going to Panama this year. Yes. Yeah, for the past five to six years that Foothill has had this club, we've been always going to Honduras. But this year we decided to change it a bit, and we are going to Panama for the first time. So it's very interesting. It's new to us, and we're very excited just to be able to help another community as well. And I became interested in it because, um, well, this is my second year in college, and I actually learned about this club through my sister because my sister, she was actually co-president last year, and we've always wanted to help those less privileged because I, as a Latina, I want to help those who are less privileged than us. And so ever since I was little, I've just always wanted to help people, and I've wanted to become a doctor, so I think this was such a great way to learn hands-on and be, have hands-on experience to actually help all these people who have that are less fortunate than us so how, it's something cool how old are you two i am 20 20 yes <laughs> i'm at 18 um i turn 19 next month <laughs> oh. uh, i was i was gonna make a comment about just um what do you guys do for as a job like what's your what's your nine to five just well, in right school now, right I'm, now, right? I, I, I go to school full-time. I go to Full Hill, and actually, actually, I also go to De Anza, so I go to two colleges. And I just got a job at this little shop called Color Me Mind, which is in, like, a mall downtown San Jose. So I just work part-time. So. Gotcha. So what about you? And then I, in similar story, I go to school, which takes up a considerable amount of time. <laughs> Certainly, and, yeah. Uh, I work at a clinic for disabled people. So uh, whether that be like developmentally disabled or like cognitively disabled of all age groups, um, no babies because uh, it's you know that takes specialized care. Yeah. Um, but, oh know, yeah. Everyone up till you know, four to I think my oldest was about forty that I took care of. So. Wow. That's that's you, unbelievable. I know. Me, honestly, because I'm 24 years old and. And to see people that are like my sister's age, you know, younger than me, like I, when I was a senior, she was a freshman type, um, already like making, trying to make such a profound impact in places that you guys, most people your age would never even thought of going there to visit, you know? Thank you. Um, so, it, I mean, they're, they're, they need money. They need help. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I know. Best I, in the youth here. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, a, you know, like, like kind of 
blown away too. Like I, when I was 19 and 20, like I certainly was not doing anything nearly that responsible. No, I was a student. I was, was in college, but <laughs> yeah, I was like saying like, okay, I'm going to like get my paycheck. Let's have a party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sweating in here. <laughs> that is, that is so that's so fantastic. So, um, so this club, it's been in uh, Foothill college for a few years. Um, and I guess the faculty who leads it has these connections to Honduras, right? Yeah, we. Um, I'm actually a co-president, so I am in contact with our chapters advisors. So I am in contact with the main people that make this brigade happen. And actually, Foothill is the only community college in California that goes on this brigade. And so I'm. I'm in constant, con- ah, constant um, communication with them. And so we. I'm talking to them, saying, "Oh, what do I need to do? How much money do we need to fundraise? And just what basically what we need to." get done in order to actually go on the trip so what are some of the avenues of fundraising you guys are exploring um right now we we just set up a gofundme um i i actually sent val it yeah i've got the um, link we'll, we'll put it on our facebook page for sure and um and then we'll be doing i believe like a, a flea market, market. yeah mm-hmm. flea market so we'll sell goods that you know students will bring in we'll sell it in uh, san jose to, and all the money goes to that project mm-hmm. um and that's that's it for right now. We're gonna have a bake sale here pretty soon uh, next week uh, at, on our campus to uh, you know begin raising funds. Sure. Uh, yeah, and awareness. And awareness, <laughs> of course. Um, I think it should be noted that uh, this organization, uh, yes, there is like teacher sponsorship, but it's completely student run. So the whole organization is ran by students. That is so fascinating. So so. Well, I mean, let's talk more, but there is a GoFundMe. So GoFundMe.com slash Global Medical Dental Brigades, right? So Global Dash Medical Dental Dash Brigades. And uh, we'll certainly put it on our on our Facebook page after the show. Um, so what's your what's your fundraising goal this time or at this time? Do you have one that you uh, on the uh, on the GoFundMe? It's uh, six thousand um, dollars and that'll help pay for uh, we, we call them like healthcare care. Bi- packages yeah um, it's a box of uh, medications and stuff like that that we'll bring with us and then in addition to that you know everything that you need to run a clinic um you know paying for doctors paying um for hygiene products and things like that and get that moving and shipping cost of course to get it there so tell us some more about the clinics that you set up when you get there how is that coordinated and what does that look like what happens it's honestly it's insane it's really cool though i like it um last year how we did it we had a triage station a consultation station um, the dental station pharmacy the gynecology station um, and then this charla station and it how where it was set up it was in a school so they canceled class for those three days we were there, so the kids weren't at school. So they cleared out the whole school. And actually, the community we went to last year, it was a brand new community. They had never seen a brigade there ever. So that was a brand new community we were seeing. And um, so the walkway, it was all rocks, and they fixed it all up, and they put concrete on there for us because we have to carry suitcases, and we have to lug them up like up the hill just to get there. We have to set up every single morning. So we'd be waking up around like 5 or 6 in the morning to just get out, and when we were there, 
there was a line full of people. The line was so long. It was going down the block of people who we just needed to help and treat. And and the stations, I really liked them because I feel like we were working hands-on. So it's like we were kind of the doctors ourselves. So they were telling us everything. And for the Charles station, we'd be working with kids and we'd be teaching them how to brush their teeth, how to like exercise so they, they can stay fit. And we'd give them like coloring sheets and colors and we'd apply fluoride on their teeth so that way they can they won't have cavities and we were just teaching them mostly just on how to maintain healthy because we're only there for a few days so we'd have to teach them so that way when we're not there they know how to take care of themselves so it was really cool so we're talking about like a lifelong impact yes yeah. definitely the education for is most the of these impact, people for yeah sure. goodness uh, it's ran like a like a health factory. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the individual will enter one station and then go to the next station. Yeah. Hitting all impacts of their health. And mm -hmm. then, of course, education, which has the longest lasting impact because, you know, you teach someone something, then they'll have it for the rest of their lives. Right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love how it's kind of all encompassing. It's not just, you know, t treating some sort of, you know, critical, you know, acute, um, mm -hmm. you know, situation. Um, but, uh, the preventative, the, the hygiene, the education, the prevent, it's preventative care. Yes. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So do you know, I mean, when, so you set up these clinics for three days and then, um, and then go back to your respective, uh, places here, California and different places. Um, what's the follow-up? Do you get to have like some sort of feedback like from the community after that, after it happens well, or actually after those three days, we still, we're still in like past summer we were in Honduras so for those three days we were still doing the clinics and after that we go to the public health portion which is where each we each get separated into little groups and we each are handed a family and we build a hygiene station so um, there's like we call them pilas in Spanish because for lack of a better word I can't think of it and like we build their bathroom we put concrete floors for them wow. and so we're actually working with them in their home and so we get to meet them and actually interact with them. And I think that's kind of the best part, just getting to know the, the community and actually talking to them. And I know like now I actually have friends over there, like they're all my friends now. We remain in contact with them, especially the faculty there, because yeah. we do work with the underrepresented people. So I am, I'm in constant contact with them. We talk most of the time. and. They're honestly my family now, so it's it's not it's like I'll never forget them. They're always going to be in my heart and in my memory. So it's something I take honestly. I take more from going there than what I give to them because they give me so much more than what I actually give to them. So it's just an amazing experience. Wow. Yeah. I I mean the I love this. <laughs> I mean this is the kind of, you know, international peace building, you know, human humanitarian, you know, type of work that that everybody needs to be doing and that, you know, we so we so rarely like see this happening from like a higher position within our own country but this is the grassroots these are these are you know students from all over going and making making these connections um around the world and and in the vein of helping people um so steve you're you're biology major yes, and so you're maybe at uh, you're going towards uh, the medical profession absolutely and kimberly you're going towards that as well yes i am are you, yes. what's your major um i'm actually going to major in biology as well 
Yeah, wow. I'm just I'm working towards it <laughs> little by little. Jeez, come get him out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you could do. You, I mean, <laughs> kind of like we were talking about earlier, Tyler. <laughs> you know, like you, you two are so young that you you already have this kind of path that you've set out for yourselves so you're you're definitely um you know kind of ahead of the game <laughs> really really proud of you you guys are in your own yeah. lane i mean there's uh, lots of people your age that i even know that are doing nothing close to this yeah, yeah. i honestly yeah. think it's this brigade that opened my eyes i feel like i i didn't really know what i wanted to do for the rest of my life i was just like Ugh, i can't choose i'm only 18 how am i supposed to know what i want to do for the right. rest of my life right and just going on this brigade i just opened my eyes just seeing how many people need this health care and how they, much they need help and so it just made me realize that i do want to become a doctor i want to be able to give this care to people because it's something that we take for granted and so i feel like this that trip is just it changed my life completely I, I personally always loved like helping people. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I know uh, I hated it at the time, but my mother used to make me uh, volunteer at like an old people's home and then also um, at like a food bank. And you know that's where I really learned to love it, uh, to love just like being selfless to a certain extent and, uh, and helping those um, that you don't have to know their name. Uh, all that matters is that they smile at the end. And, yeah. you know, uh, that's hopefully, and especially with healthcare, it's something that they can carry with them um, for the rest of their lives. And that's, that's why I love it personally. Yeah. And just that feeling like, I mean, for, for those people that you're helping, just thinking like, wow, these young people are coming into my community just, just to help. Um, that's just a beautiful thing. And, you know, when you think about, when I think about, you know, healthcare and, you know, in the United States, it's kind of always kind of touch and go like, you know, Oh, do you have enough insurance or, um, or if you don't have insurance, are you close enough to a you know, medical facility where you can get care regardless of how much money you make? And it's like, you know, when, when you receive, uh, that kind of care and attention, it means the world really when you're like, oh, finally, because, you know, most people aren't doctors or aspiring to be doctors. And so, you know, something, something wrong and you're like, well, what, what's, what's going to happen? What do I do? Um, so, you know, not only just administering the, you know, whatever the medication they might need or, um, the evaluation that, that they might benefit, just like knowing that somebody is paying attention, uh, really, really makes a big difference. It's, it's patriotic, honestly. I mean, with, it's no secret that around the world there's a skewed image of what Americans are and what they're like. And then when you have a group of youth coming into your country to help you guys um, unconditionally, um, I think that, that really raises morale about what America really is and what it's becoming or has the power to become, especially in this time um, of of American history <laughs> that we have here, you know, that question's coming in into uh, into to the surface again. You know, what are we really about? Um, it's awesome to see that you know, you know, some of the things that people think that we are are, are just not true in most of us. You know, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, it, it is an interesting time period. <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, you know. I, I would say to any other young people that are listening to this right now, uh, we need scientists, engineers, doctors, physicians. Like that's what's needed right now. So like you hit those science classes. Like they're very important. Like you can't make a better world unless you force it to be better. Um, 
and science provides the best avenue for that. What a great reminder. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then some. Actually structure it in a way that's going to be beneficial to, to you and to, and to everybody. Um, so the Global Medical and Dental Brigade. So you guys are part of the club down at Foothill College, but it, it's obviously it's global, right? So <laughs> do you know how many countries this, this, this group in, encompasses or general idea? I know idea? a few of them. I know they go to um, Honduras, Panama, Nicaragua. And I think even in Ghana, yeah. from what I've heard, mm-hmm. um, I think those are a few of them. I'm sure yeah. there's more, but from what I know, I think those are some. And there's also, it's not only like medical related, there's so many. There's like microfinance, there's mm, um, okay. so many other loops. There's but for our yeah, yeah, but for our school, we just do the medical and dental part of it and mm. the public, ah, public health as well. So, yeah. That is so great. So we've got the, the GoFundMe.com slash global dash medical dental dash brigades. That's B-R-I-G-A-D-E-S. Um, but do you guys have a website for your club or anywhere else where people can kind of see, you know, maybe get involved or see what you're up to in general? So we do have uh, our own page on the Global Brigades website, but um, since I... Ben, who is our advisor, he hasn't gone back to me yet, so we haven't put up our web page. Okay. But once we do have that page set up, we will put the link on our GoFundMe page, so that way you know that it's legit. Yeah. And we actually have, <laughs> <laughs> like, you can see, like, past brigades, and there's even videos on there as well of what we've done in the past years. There's a video on the uh, GoFundMe page right now from a past, past year of uh, working in Honduras. So cool. Wow. Kimberly and Steve, I'm so glad you got in touch and, and came back to the Common Thread Collective here, MutinyRadio.fm. Um, we're really pleased and, and just so happy to be able to put out this word to our listeners. And, um, you know, this is the kind of, you know, light that's being shined, you know, <laughs> and, right. and, uh, and a way that people can really um, help others. Um, so support these young people um who are going around the world to try to help others um what more could you ask for (laughs) any any other comments or things you wanted to to mention yeah uh thank you amy and lloyd work for our first donation of a hundred dollars nice it's a great start (laughs) that's a great start what's the uh, deadline on the gofundme uh the deadline is a week from now a week from now yeah okay okay and then um you know, but we'll be raising money throughout the entire year, so there'll, there'll inevitably be more GoFundMe's. Um, again, with like selling things at flea markets, bake sales, um, sure. anything to meet the goal of like providing as much care as possible. It sounds like you guys are certainly determined. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's good. That's good. And when is the trip to Panama supposed to take place? We will gonna leave early august okay. um, we're not sure on the dates yet because we do have to talk up to our school and see when summer session ends and stuff like that so mm-hmm. we do have to f- um sort some things out but it's usually in august that we leave wow yeah. that's so cool the global medical and dental brigade club of foothill college totally rocking it superhero <laughs> troop <laughs> what what did you say tyler sounds like a, a troop of superheroes <laughs> seriously seriously <laughs> So what's uh what are you guys gonna do this weekend? 
<laughs> work. <laughs> work. Work. Exams next week, so. Right. Yeah. So study. Calculus. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, but it's like you said, it's important. So I hope that our our young listeners out there are uh, inspired to, you know, focus on their studies as well and work and continue to work hard. Um, because it's what it takes. Um, I'm so pleased you came in today and, uh, it's, it really is a pleasure. It was very, it's very uplifting. Um, Hey Steve, I wanted to ask you a little bit. I know you were working with, uh, Amos on the Syrian refugee mural, mural project. project. Yeah. Do you have any updates on that or what's Amos up to these days? Can, uh, can, can you disclose <laughs> anything? <laughs> I know it's a little touchy yeah. <laughs> sometimes. I, I, I can't disclose too much, but I, uh, I know when we were working there, it was going well. The administration was, the administration of the Turkish and like Syrian refugee school was extremely happy with the work we were doing. I got to uh, do a pro STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, mural. Wow. Um, onto the wall. Um, you know, and chemistry was on there, of course. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, I got to work with that. And then, of course, work with uh, extremely talented uh, Syrian artists was, um, like, a, I'm extremely fortunate to have that experience. Um, yeah. But I'm sure, I'm sure Amos is working hard trying to, continue that i'm sure he is i'm sure he is the elusive amos i know i know well i mean getting together working on murals for the syrian refugee schools for the syrian refugees in turkey um this is about uh bridging the gaps and uh and and making these peaceful connections around the world uh to try to make everybody's lives better so thank you for being peace ambassadors uh health ambassadors Absolutely. and uh and good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you. And we're certainly going to put this on uh, the Common Thread Collective website or Facebook page, um, the GoFundMe.com slash global dash medical dental dash brigades. And you got to give within the next week so that you can help these fine young uh, citizens get to Panama for their next medical brigade. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco. I'm Global Val. I'm here with Tyler and uh, Kimberly and Steve from the foot from Foothill College. Awesome! So cool. Thanks for coming. Here's a song from uh, Ubi Doobie Whitaker, and uh, I think it's finally fitting because he's going to tell us if you got uh, projects like this, everything's going to be all right.
It's all right. Yes, it's all right. We're doing all right here, hanging in there and the Common Thread Collective, having just had a very enlivening, enlightening uh, conversation with a couple students from Foothill College um, here in the South Bay, part of the Global Medical and Dental Brigade. Um, they've been going to Honduras the past few years. They're going to Panama this, this year um, to set up medical clinics um, and medical and hygiene uh, education clinics. So definitely support them. Um, they have a GoFundMe page, global-medical-dental-brigades um, on the GoFundMe.com website. And um, the deadline for that is the end of next week. Um, so let's help these young, peaceful, uh, aspiring doctors uh, be the ambassadors that we need um, to go around the world and just help people and make personal connections because we're all on this uh, earth together. And what, what do you say, Dave, about taking down the borders? Take down the borders. Open the door. Open the doors. Take down the walls. Get rid of the borders, too. Families, bands, tribes, communities, collectives. I believe in that, but borders just line on their map. And... Uh, Anyway, and we know that the, those borders, there's a history behind them, and the history's about it because money doesn't talk, it swears. That's you know, but, but anyway, we're hoping to call here soon from, uh, uh, I want to remind everybody, A, that we're now being underwritten by Organic Valley, and we're, uh, we're, uh, we're uh, Organic Valley, and that's taking down the walls, opening the doors, and lending a hand as well. So we're expecting a call soon from them, and Organic Valley Family of Farms. Uh, family of Farms, Organic Valley Cooperative. So here we be. Hey, Val. Yeah, and they've—I mean—they've been instrumental in a lot of uh, disaster relief uh, projects and and sending food. I mean, being in the position that they that they produce, uh, you know, food that they can that they can donate and send to places in need. And I know that they've been sending supplies to Louisiana and also now I believe up to North Dakota, it the is. Standing Rock uh, Sioux. Uh, protest camp that has been I mean the the recognition of what's happening up there in the protest against the Dakota Access Pipeline has been going worldwide the United Nations has come to North Dakota to investigate human rights violations because uh, police officers from several states have been called in because the governor of North Dakota declared a state of emergency um, based on the protest camp which has been uh, peaceful and prayerful um, and of course state of emergency is usually resolved, reserved for natural disasters like hurricanes and floods and tornadoes and things where you actually need to use a lot of resources and bring more people in um, but of course um, we, we see the mismanagement um, the bad judgment of the uh, governor of North Dakota and um, and the abuses that ha that the the, pro the peaceful protesters have suffered at the hands of these law enforcement um, people who have come in from the surrounding states. Um, there's actually been some reports of some of the police officers handing in their badges after being there um, and seeing what's happening because it's just, you know, like macing people in the face who aren't posing any threat, rubber bullets, um, arrest, detention, uh, humiliation, p the police putting them into 
what what are essentially like makeshift kind of kennels. Um, it's been reported that there's, I mean, that you see, can see pictures. Like cops have written numbers on their bodies of, of the people that they've arrested, put bags over their heads, undone their braids to look through their hair when they've been arrested, which of course the braids are kind of sacred and, and, and it's, it's just uh, all these actions of, of demeaning uh, these folks who are up there trying to protect the water and the land, not only the, the cultural heritage of, the, of that land, but the drinking water water for the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and the millions and millions and millions of people who depend on the Missouri River downstream of where this um, pipeline of fracked oil is supposed to cross under the Missouri uh, River. Um, and we see pipelines bursting all the time. Um, definitely a move in the opposite direction uh, against the fight for uh, climate uh, protecting our, our environment, our, our collective environment. And oddly enough, uh, not oddly enough, interestingly enough, or just the way it is, I just happened to talk to, talk to George Seaman, or a, a CAO of Organic Valley, and he was just mentioning to me uh, about having Teresa, who's another one of the, we had uh, George, we had uh, Jerome, and now Teresa's calling in a few minutes, and that he was just getting together the food order, the gifts, putting together the package to go to Feather, uh, to go to Feather at uh, uh, Feather up there at the Standing Rock, so they could be feeding the people. They're they're winterizing. They're doing a kitchen. Uh, they're feeding the people there, and uh, so Feather's going to call at five, and Teresa should be calling in a few minutes. So we're we're finding that common thread there, Val. We certainly are, and we are in the Common Thread Collective, and and one of the things we like to do here is to have some music, and I think our friend Bloodflower is patiently awaiting at the piano, and uh, we'd love to have you play a little bit, Bloodflower, if you will. All right. Bloodflower, take it away.
was beautiful. Yeah. That'd be blood flower. So cool. So cool. <laughs> Thank you, brother. That's my next album, The Afterbirth of Cool. The Afterbirth of Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, we're so we're so uh, <laughs> we're so fortunate here on the Common Thread Collective to be surrounded by so many talented folks. Um, and remember, this is an open mic, so if you're out there listening, wherever you may be, whenever this may be, if you're here around in San Francisco on a Friday afternoon, we're here at Mutiny Radio from three to six every Friday. We're at Mutiny Radio is at twenty seven eighty one twenty first Street in the Mission District. That's right at the corner of twenty first and florida streets and the door is open and we've got mics set up out there and we've got mics set up in here and um, certainly a lot of opportunity to share whatever you've got going on music poetry prose uh activism um projects whatever it may be and conversation hey val it's a patchwork uh, quilt well i believe that's a phone i will i'll answer it from the group Hazy Loper. Uh, you're listening to the Common Thread Collective here, mutinyradio.fm in San Francisco. I'm Global Val. I'm here with Diamond Dave. And uh, on the phone, um, we have Teresa Marquez from Organic Valley Family of Farms, who's our new underwriter of the Common Thread Collective, um, but someone that, uh, Dave, I believe you've known for a while. So let's welcome Teresa. Hey, Teresa, welcome to uh, Mutiny Radio. Hey, Diamond Dave, how are you? Oh, so good to hear your voice. Well, generally, I'm doing all right. I'm, uh, I have a few uh, pain, pains, and problems, but I'd be here. My back's be hurting me a lot, but otherwise, I'm doing fine. And hearing your voice, we're <laughs> Teresa. Uh, the, the, I want to thank you guys for uh, underwriting Organic Valley, and that really began for me when I began listening. I listen to NPR a lot. And uh, there was a time to, to some months ago when uh, This American Life, uh, the Science Friday, and a bunch of other uh, NPR shows is being underwritten by Organic Valley. Is that right? Um, could be. Oh, I thought that uh, you played a role in making that happen. 
Well, we definitely um, um, like to support um, public radio wherever oh. we can. And uh, but, Dave, you know it's a big business and it's hard to keep up with it all. Okay, well, we uh, <laughs> we definitely know that it's a bigger growing business. I've known we've known each other perhaps uh, 20 years, uh, right, uh, Teresa? Could be now, Dave. Yep, could be. Yep. So yeah, we were so much younger then. But I'm older than that now, anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or we were so much older then. We're but younger, younger than, than that now, now exactly. <laughs> and what is your uh, what is uh, what is your position in Organic Valley now? I know we uh, well, George I have was this on. Wonderful title called "I'm the Actual Mission Executive." The Mission Executive. Tell us more. Um, well, the mission well, of Organic um, Valley. The I get of it. Organic Valley. Yeah. Well, it's like this, you know. Um, here we are, cooperative, an independent entity. And, you know, cooperative for your listeners is not, not an IPO, not an independently traded company, um, a publicly traded company. And um, we're owned by farmers. And, you know, we're one of the, the, the largest um, organic companies, um, but we're not for sale um, because of um, our cooperative um, nature, which is very, very different. And, of course, of excellent uh, model compared to the corp- corporative model. Um, so, you know, instead of being beholden um, to, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the stock market, um, we're actually beholden to our mission. And so at one point in time, um, when I was thinking, gee, I've been working for 22 years trying to build the Organic Valley brand, I sure am getting tired. <laughs> I think I need to do something different. Um, and I uh, said to um, the boss, who I think was on your show last week. Um, gee, I, I don't think I want to keep doing this 24-7 job. I'm, I'm, I'm 66 already, and I think I should do something different. Um, not that I ever want to stop my activism, because um, I never will. Um, the only thing that will stop me from being an activist is dying. But, um, but I thought I should do something different, and, he, and it was his idea. He said, well, you know, we're growing and growing and growing like a weed all the time. In fact, we're going to be almost a billion-dollar company, and I'm, I'm so worried about the fact that, you know, like all other big companies, we might lose our mission, and it might just get overgrown by the fact that we're growing so much and blah, blah, blah. So he said, we need a mission department. Oh, is that sure it? I that get it. true to our values and that we remember who we are. So, in fact, I had uh, two weeks ago, George was George Seaman, the CEO was on. And last Let, week was uh, Jerome. Was Jerome. And uh, so this week I'm speaking to you, Teresa. So the three of you really, uh, really help uh, make that mission, uh, mission happening. I know uh, Jerome's son is, in fact, uh, you have now a, uh, what kind of a uh, council that uh, helps bring the missions together? Uh well, you mean uh, uh, Jerome's son actually has the wonderful title of being the Cooperative Affairs, the uh, uh, VP of Cooperative Affairs. So we're very, very serious about our cooperative structure. We know that it's the most democratic model, and we also know that we have a failing democracy, and very, very few models are left that can say we're trying to be a democracy. And so I'm pretty proud. We're, we're, that's where we are. As a mission executive, I want us to really remember the de- that they're, you know, the Churchill quote, well, you know, democracies are tough, but what's better? And, and so, you know, it's like this. Where, where do we, where do we uh, you know, what do we think about human dignity? Where does that reside in business? Is business and human dignity just an oxymoron of some sort? Hmm. Well, it's about respecting one another. 
and uh, we're, uh, we're you're being heard as we speak. We're st we're streaming live on the internet, which means that we're able to uh, to to uh, we're able to expand what it is. Uh, when you're at NPR, you said they would say this uh, underwritten by Organic Valley Family of Farms, but right. we can uh, we can uh, be a good deal more individual than that. We can, uh, for instance, having you, uh, Jerome, and George on to speak about it. Maybe Jerome's son can come by, so we can mix it up as we go each and every. Friday between three and six. So I wanted to, I wanted to plant that those seeds with the organic seeds, of course, <laughs> and how we can be able to connect to one another and make things happen. And we're being heard around the planet and the internet, streaming live at organicvalley.fm. Mutinyradio.fm. Oh, pardon me, mutinyradio.fm. Ho ho ho. We're that in, we're that intertwined already. Mutinyradio.fm. Going from supporting a brand to being in the mission world is. I don't have to even support the brand. I can just talk all the day and all the night about why cooperation is a good thing, why human dignity is a good thing, how we have to expand our democratic models, um, you know, without having to say, gee, buy our product. Um, of course, I want everyone to buy our product. But, you know, um, I, my job is about expanding and protecting our, our, our mission. And I, I think that's a, I, I'm pinching myself that I even have a job like that. <laughs> That's wonderful. And could you, I mean, I know you, you were speaking a, a, a bit about it, but can you uh, iterate what that mission, what the core of that mission is? Well, the really, the core of the mission, of course, is to be an organic cooperative um, and to, but behind that all is um, to, you know, help save family farmers. Um, when in 1988, when the co-op started, um, maybe for some of the younger folks out there who weren't even born yet, um, they might not know it was the worst worst year in agriculture for family farmers ever in 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 uh, in my lifetime for sure where almost 2000 family farmers were going out of business a week wow and it was the highest that decade there was the highest suicide rate of far family farmers um in America and so you could say that it was a uh, pretty disheartening situation for a lot of the farmers and they didn't know much about organic dairy but organic had but organic produce had been starting to grow right. and they said well gosh let's try this organic dairy thing this this seems like something most of us are already doing anyway um because a lot of the family farmers couldn't afford to do go on the pesticide um uh i was going to say the pe pesticide uh tit and um <laughs> or is that banned on no no free speech radio go for it <laughs> uh, anyway so you know they 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 already weren't doing that and so you know, they were sort of organic in their own way. And so in 1988, they said, let's try this organic thing since we're probably doing most of it anyway. And so they started saying, well, what would that mean to us? And they developed the first organic standards for dairy, um, you know, in the country. And so um, that is another thing we're really proud of. And, of course, part of that was no synthetic hormones, no GMOs, no antibiotics, um, pasture as much as possible, get those cows out on grass. We didn't want to see ourselves as confinement, um, you know, uh, corn and soy-based um, agriculture because they were all believed in pasture. And there was a lot of other, you know, it's a 20-page document, so I won't bore everyone by all the standards, but a lot of it had to do with the paper trail, um, keeping records, being audited, um, having a third-party audit, and so on. So um, those were all um, developed um, by um, George Seaman and a, and a few other um, 
pioneers out there across the country who said time for a different kind of uh, dairy, a different kind of um, milk. And at that time, many of you may remember, we had this thing called recombinant bovine growth hormone, mm. RBGH, um, that you know was uh, genetically modified to, um, you know, you could milk cows three times a day and get more production and blah, blah, blah. Wow. And um, it was uh, actually, um, as a cooperative, um, the first fight um, that we really got into with biotech and that was trying to say, no, 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 RBGH. And I always laughed at that. And I went, gee, why do we want to get rid of RBGH? It's helping build the organic business. Um, and then um, ap- after we talked about it, we said, yeah, it is, but, it's, but to fight it is the right thing to do. Yeah. And so I, I think that's the beauty of a co-op. We can actually make some decisions that might not always be in our best interest, but we know it's the right thing to do. And the fact, too, that you just happen to be, just by chance, one in, in Wisconsin, which, uh, which uh, in, the, in that part of the country called the Midwest, which has its own cooperative tradition. Two, that you happen to find yourself in that uh, part of uh, the southwestern Wisconsin called the Driftless region, where the glaciers never came. So there were, you do have a tradition of cooperatives and collectives and uh, uh, collectives and people going back to the back to the land after that uh, after the Vietnam War, the anti-war movement in Madison, and moving back to Wisconsin, and moving back to the Driftless region. You have Driftless Radio, which is also a cooperative radio. So all this is happening. Am I right? Right on, Dave boy. Um, you uh, must be uh, a former resident of this area. Well, uh, in fact, I was. In fact, that's where I first met George in 1991. Uh, just a few years after, when we were at the uh, at the edge of the Wisconsin River, p- passing a pipe, passing a pipe in commemoration of the massacre, the Black Hawk massacre that had happened there, and I looked over and saw George, and he looked over and saw me, and the rest is history. And then in '91, talking about cooperatives, and I need to say no more. That I'll say that uh, that Organic Valley has been a great friend of the Rainbow Family, as a great friend of the folks who come out of the Rainbow Family to be feeding enough people. Whether it be in Louisiana, whether it be in uh, whether it be at uh, whether it be in North Dakota, in fact, uh, uh, Feather, who's a rainbow person, who I think you may know, is going to be calling in at five and letting us know what's uh, happening there at uh, what's happening there at. Uh, well, that's just in a few minutes, and I want to just say, blessed be the rainbow warriors of the living light, who help feed people who have taken materialism and said, no, we don't need that, and we we need to fight it. And, and who want peace and love in, in a very, very screwed up world. Mm-hmm. And Teresa, before you go, um, you started out, we were talking about community radio. Are you involved over there in community radio as well? Um, yeah, actually, I have my own little radio show. It's called Rootstock. And um, if, you, if you go on to rootstock.org, listeners, um, you can uh, um, hear some... Um, uh, you can look through and see who who it is you might be interested in listening to. Um, today, I had the great honor to um, interview uh, Francis Morlapay, um, who has written 17 books. is on her 18th book, or I think 18 books, and is on her 19th book. Um, her last book, which is a rewrite of the, um, you know, feeding the hungry, the 10 myths. Superb and excellent book. I recommend to everyone. Really accessible. Really, uh, anytime you hear of this, biotech has to feed the world. Crap, you guys, forget that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we don't need biotech to feed the world, and they're not feeding them now. But we are we can feed each other. 
Well, let's Rainbow feed the family fit. has shown that. And feeding each other body for uh, food for the body, mind, and spirit, and uh, f f food for the mind, and that's what we're about. So let's say, uh, uh, hey Teresa. Uh, oh, oh, I want to tell you that this, uh, this at 6 o'clock our time, when the show is over at quarter to 6, they will immediately go on podcast and you'll be able to hear yourself, hear this conversation, and uh, spread it out uh, wherever you'd like to spread it. When you spread it, however you spread it. Is that right, Val? That's true. That's, That's true. true. So let's continue. Uh, uh, let's, uh, do you have an open... Uh, you have an open invitation for folks to come and call us and put this on. This is uh, the, the you be you be uh, you be on rootstock. This be the common thread collective, and you remember the line: we cast that wide net, we find that common thread, we let the life flourish. We say, don't panic, let's keep it organic. And go, Dave. <laughs> yes. Go, Teresa. Thank you, Teresa. Uh, so we're connected. Okay, Give gonna... a listen. Uh, you can uh, you can go to um, uh, you can go to uh, mutinyradio.fm and uh, click on podcasts. Uh, you'll find us Fridays three to six. Friday three to six, and you'll be able to hear hear this conversation going on right then at six o'clock after six o'clock today, Friday, and it's each and every Friday. So let's line up. Let's keep this going. Uh, th thanks for all you do, and we're doing and we're doing more together together than any of us can do on our own. Better together. Trail yeah, That's Teresa. Right. Keep up the good work. Love I love doing it. That's likewise. Wise Thank you like. so much. San Francisco. Oh, you bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What an inspiration. Fuck yeah. Teresa Marquez, the Mission Executive Organic Valley Family of Farms. Um, that's so cool. I, I love how she was talking about how the, the book about how biotech, you know, actually can't feed the world. It's not currently feeding the world. You know, I think about, I think about, um, you know, our food sources a lot. I, I'm fortunate enough that where I live, there's a little community garden. So I get to have a little, uh, a little spread, a little plot, um, where I can grow food. And, you know, I go there a couple times a week to go pick fresh food. And, you know, I, I like to remind people that, um, having a garden and I'm a city girl, I grew up here in San Francisco. I grew up in the sunset where it's, you know, more fog than sun. Um, and so several years ago, uh, one of my brothers decided to actually plant food in, in the family's uh, home's backyard and everybody you know everybody has said well, what are you gonna grow in the sunset like the only thing we've ever grown before is weeds and uh, and pumpkins pumpkins do grow um but he set up this whole garden and 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 the, the it's continued in our family um you know we continue to plant every year uh whether he does it or my mom does it or or a bunch of us get together and and do it but uh there's so much that you can grow of your own food that's really easy to grow. Like greens are really easy. Chard, it's so easy to grow uh, out here in, in California. But I was actually talking to someone um, from Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. And there is a growing season. Obviously, when it gets cold, they don't, there's the frost and they don't really plant anything until Memorial Day weekend. Um, but you can grow things anywhere, where you wherever you may be. And... You can grow a family garden in a space the size of your television. And that's, that's, that's what I like to remind people. You don't need much room. You could put a planter box on your little balcony. Um, you could have a little, um, 
little you know planter box or, or flower pot um, right in your kitchen or on your front doorstep or anywhere where you get a little bit of sun and you can make sure that you're, you're paying attention and watering it give it some good soil um, greens grow really well chard uh, spinach can uh, I've always kind of struggled a little bit with spinach but kale um, really, really healthy food, and you can grow it. Carrots, carrots are really fun to grow. They take a little bit longer and a little, a little more depth, um, but you can do it. And there's really nothing more like satisfying than just going into the garden and saying, "What are we going to make for dinner?" And you just pull a carrot out of the ground, um, and it's, you know, it's just. It's what people need to do, and we need to do that if we can do it for our own for our own selves and families. Um, but even better if you can make it a community effort and uh, and uh, cooperate. So thank you for um, Teresa for calling in and uh, and the Organic Valley for uh, supporting us here and our mission to uh, spread the good word. This is definitely a to be continued. Uh, oh yes. And, uh, what I'm, going to, I'm going to, uh, what I'm going to stress again is that NPR, because it's under the FCC and so on, all they can do is say this is underwritten by, uh, by, uh, mm-hmm. by uh, you hear, yeah, they, yeah, sure. and that's all they can do. But we can be a good deal more flexible being streaming around the planet on the Internet. Is that right? We are flexible. Flexibility is the key. <laughs> Free speech is what we're about. So let's That's continue true. and let uh, let them know that they're welcome to and what role uh, Driftless Radio, that's uh, that's Roots, uh, that's Roots, Driftless Radio. Yeah, Rootstock. Rootstock. Rootstock.org. Common Thread Collective. And we can, uh, we can continue to experiment with interesting things doing more together than any of us, either of us, some of us can do on our own. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's play a little music, Dave. And... Um, and uh, certainly happy to be here on this fine Friday. It's November 4th, 2016. It is the last Friday before the general election, which has been the <laughs> really crazy uh, oh election season. Um, it, you know, it's, it's, when you, if you watch mainstream television or mainstream news, they set it up like it's the fucking Super Bowl. You know, it's like you even get the music, you know, like you know like some sort of gladiator thing going on i mean this is this is really politics is supposed to be about sharing ideas having some someone in office who's going to represent the ideas and the ideals of the people who are living in the country paying taxes and hopefully benefiting from them i mean it's gotten really ugly and and really kind of ridiculous so next uh, friday a week from today oh yeah Let's uh, let's see if we can get in. The world uh, will be a different place. Yeah, we'll get some of the folks in, and we'll do some uh, reading between the lines of the uh, of what it is we read between the lines. Oh yeah, Dave and I, you you and I, when I started doing this show with you many years ago, just as a just kind of as a random, sometimes guest, was I'd come at the beginning of the show, and we spend about the first twenty minutes reading between the lines of the New York Times. And that was always really fun. I enjoyed doing that um, because there's a lot in between the lines. And of course, so that's a week from uh, a week from today. We'll have some time to, yeah. uh, to digest what has happened. You've probably heard everything you wanted to hear, yeah, and we'll the, take a look at get it. Get the tums ready. And then Saturday, a week from tomorrow, is, is my, your birthday. My birthday party, 79 years on the planet. Oh my goodness! Holy smoleons! Ouch! No matter my back is hurting so much, I have to lie down. <laughs> Ouch! No matter I'm, but that's going to be at six o'clock. Hopefully, we'll get your your your. Uh, 
I your medication so. between now I'm, and then. Uh, that would be a thing Otherwise, I think it will. Because I have a doctor's appointment on Thursday. Okay, so good. So I can stand through. But anyway, that will be at 6 o'clock on Saturday at Adobe Bookstore right there on 24th Street, uh, 24th and uh, 24th Street, almost to Folsom, between Mission and Folsom, almost to Folsom, a really fine bookstore. It is. Our, our kind of, the, I Joe Smiley say, our house band, um, I'm talking about Trio Cambio, are yeah. going to be playing, and probably about other people too. Everybody's welcome Wind song, to and come Sophia. and play, and uh, music, and spoken word, and uh, acoustic units, yeah. and interesting uh, and a conversation. Little, and a little potluck too, and if you want to bring, bring a little something. So the well the line I use is that which I get from uh, which I get from the revolution starts now. If everybody brings what they have to bring, nobody goes without. So that, so that's at six, and then next Friday. Yeah, and then uh, well that's that's going to be Saturday, November twelfth, right November 12th. at Adobe Books, and then. Incidentally, just kind of by chance, um, I, I'm going to be performing uh, with Bloodflower and Jennifer Barone and E.K. Keith and James Zealous. Uh, we're going to be performing at Adobe Books on on Sunday evening from 5 to 7. So it's going to be an Adobe Books weekend. Okay, well, okay, we'll, we'll let them know about Sunday, Saturday as well. And we'll be connecting and interconnecting and casting that wide net. And this be the Common Thread Collective. This is the Common Thread Collective. And as Dave just referenced... The revolution starts now. So, Teresa.
very cool song by Hazy Loper. That song is called Ghosts of the Barbary. Of course, the Barbary Coast. We're here in San Francisco. It's a little, little history here. The Barbary Coast, uh, the port city of San Francisco. It's a, it's a, wow. We're here in our city, which is always kind of constantly changing, um, but as it does, kind of collects its own uh, mysteries and histories. And uh, here we are on the Common Thread Collective here in the Mission District on MutinyRadio.fm, 21st and Florida Streets, if you ever come down and care to join us. Um, I am now joined, um, wonderfully joined here in the studio by some fellow uh, poets here. We've got Richard Sandorell and also Kim Shuck. Welcome, welcome to you both. It's good to see you. Hi, it's good to be seen. Yeah, welcome, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, that's fine. All right, Richard, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm fine, uh, and you? I'm doing, I'm doing well, all things considered. Um, so I, I'm, I know it's radio, but you've been growing this beard out a little bit. Uh, was that uh, successful for your Walt Whitman? Oh, my Walt Whitman, Walt, Walt Halloween died costume. Death that night. And he was already dead. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Well, I picked five poems. I'd pick five poems, and I printed them out. I was going to read them, and you know, I don't know what's with me anymore. I know I grabbed the the stack, and when I came there, it was only two of the five, and it was only one that I li- liked. That the f- that one other one would have been the fifth one I would have read. I hear you. I was it was long, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and there weren't that many people there. It was sort of like the program. It had a little lull. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my my Walt kind of suffered, well, but uh, we had open mic and that didn't suffer. So and that was at the Clarion Music Center. Yes, Tell me uh, about that. Oh, it's kind, oh, is it? I, an, I, I I just I can't say enough. A good new thing. venue that's been kind of built out of an old. I'm not really well, familiar with it, but it's kind of had a grand opening that night of a sort. Yeah, right? I think it, I got to look at this. There, there's a, a a tile there by the side of the building. I think it used to be a church or something. Okay. Uh, but uh, Clara Sue and her her father bought the building sometime in the 80s. Uh, he built pianos, made pianos there, and they also sold uh, uh, instruments from around the world. And then they taught music downstairs in the, in the lower part. Um, but um, Clara's father died, and uh, so she sold it to the uh, employees, but they couldn't make a go of it. So, um, so she didn't like the corporate types that were coming through there. <laughs> so she bought it back. And she's making it a performance spot up up on the top. She has a black dance uh, group that's going to be in residence right now, hmm. uh, but it's also going to be open to uh, whoever wants to rent the space. Uh, she will rent a space, and I and the uh, people who are renting it have to provide, I guess, the insurance and the uh, um, uh, food and stuff. Right. So, and then they will continue to do the teaching, music teaching down below. That'll help sustain it. Wow. And, uh, and it was really wonderful because uh, Clara's involving everybody from the city. It's not just Chinatown. Uh, and I, but I would like to see more Chinatown involvement. Um, I, I was talking to a couple of young Chinese uh, people at one of the restaurants, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I was talking about trying to get them to come out and play with the rest of the city. That's always been my, uh, my philosophy, is I'm trying to get people to come out and play together. Um, um, 
And it was interesting because uh, the t two young people I were talking to don't listen to the music. Um, they don't seem to have that, that sort of out outlet. It, it seems to be, and I've been talking to Claire about that, and if it is true, and I could be all full of poo-poo on this, uh, is how, how to bring them out. Because I know there's poets there. You know, I, I want them to come out. Yeah. So I sort of told them, I said, look, if you actually know anybody who is doing this, tell them to come out. I told them where to look. I said, please remember this information. Pass it on. Um, Are you doing the good work then, Richard? Well, it, 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 because it works when it happens. It's so beautiful when it, when it gets when it together. Does it does. Work, it really works. Yeah. I mean, you know, ain't nothing better than that. You know, it's like when you go to the ethnic dance uh, festival, you get all the different cultures in their dance. Uh, but when the, when the Africans come on, it's just like that's the music that it just sort of it unifies everybody. Everybody gets off their butts and dances. The Ohlone were there one uh, that time, and every Ohlone was out there just, you know, it was just, it was great to see. Yeah. I remember going to, going out, this was many years ago, going out to some, some club or something I'd never been to. I'm not much of a, I was never much of a club goer. Yeah, me. Um, but I ended up, you know, out one night, and, uh, you know, there was some, like, bad music playing downstairs, and... <laughs> And then, but there was some kind of, some kind of like ruckus going on upstairs. I'm like, what's going on up there? And I went up there and it turned out that there was a whole band of Afghani uh, musicians and they had put all the rugs on the floor oh, yeah. and they were doing this huge drum circle and various um, other instruments. And it was just a really beautiful, powerful experience. Um, you know, it's like, it's just something about those drums, right? Yeah. Well, well, the drums are the, uh, the basis. It's the heartbeat. Yeah. So um, if anybody just wants to go down and say hi to Claire and check in and see what's going on, I think it's pretty good. I forgot the address, but it's between, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's between uh, Kearney and uh, Grant. Okay, it's on, on Sacramento. Sacramento. Yeah, it's uh, halfway down the block. Nice. I'm uh, actually just I, I'm in that area. But I area think the kids had a good time. There often. was opera, Chinese opera, um, the Dead Poets. Um, a lot of the young kids were uh, playing uh, their uh, Recital. It was like a recital downstairs on the piano. Uh, there was also uh, traditional Chinese music, but sort of with on contemporary uh, instruments. But, you know, there's something about Chinese music that when I hear it, the traditional, you know, when you hear the, the elders playing it, there's sort of almost a forlorning sound, a, almost kind of a bluesy, you know, um, feel to it but it it's it's it, it just draws me in i can, i've always sort of liked it and um so uh and somebody had written a uh, uh musical piece about the uh, raping of nan nan king yeah and uh well anyway i i think it's a uh, it's a great place open like they're doing um, well i don't know yet uh you know claire is still there was one a couple of for was a couple it? of times. Was there? There might have been. I can't remember. I think it might have been on Mondays. I'm not sure. Well, it's so it's called the Clarion Music Center. Right? Yeah, or Performance Center. Now. Performance Center. Yeah. Okay. It used to be Clarion Music. Well, looking forward to uh, future events there. Yeah, you know, um, we're going to see what's going to happen. She, uh, I know she doesn't want to do this kind of thing uh, often. It really kind of wears her out. It was a lot to do. It's a lot of work. It's a lot to put on. It is. So... So, <laughs> dead air. <laughs> I, I know we used to just yell, no dead air during the, but it's okay, yeah, you know. know. Take a breath, everybody. It's fine. Um, did you bring, what, what have you got in front of you there? 
Well, uh, I've been reading this around. I know uh, I've learned to uh, put where I read things, so I don't repeat myself too much. Um, it's called Standing Rock Does Not Stand Alone. Oh, good. This is the seventh generation since the first wounded knee. This a generation predicted. Indigenous people and those who stand in solidarity are rising. Do you feel the stirring, yearning? American Indians are always on the front lines, as all indigenous people are, as we all were, some just forgot. I am fortunate enough to be alive when native people stand and say no more, teaching moments for us all, and now for the seventh generation. Crazy horse, sitting bull, your children still rise, uniting nonviolent against the violent. There are people from the sphere flying, circulating, spinning, that joins the circle, the hoop, joining in solidarity. Muslims standing with native people, witnesses at Standing Rock. Testify what you see, spread the word. The seventh generation needs us to stand with them to protect the land, water, all our air, all things no one owns, but for those arrogant enough to think they can. Yeah. I I mean, I, I really, I've been following the Standing Rock uh, protest camp since it started, and um, and it's... It's such a powerful movement, and you know the it's been getting the attention of the world. You know the United Nations has come in, has sent people in to check out what's happening up there, investigate the human rights violations that we're seeing from law enforcement. I mean, we see oh, yeah. law enforcement sending people from from multiple states. They're calling cops out from across the uh, outside. Yeah, the state. across state lines, and you know it's. The, the governor has declared a state of emergency because of this peaceful protest camp. You know, a state of emergency is something that's supposed to happen after a natural disaster that you have to, like, use all this money and, 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 and uh, people power to get in there and or to, you know, clean up. But it's, it's being totally misused in this case. And uh, the protesters are being targeted and arrested and abused and beaten. And, you know, there's... Um, they they do have a legal defense fund now that they've put up, um, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna post that as well on our on our Facebook page. Um, but uh, yeah, it's they're it's, gonna need uh, continuing money for support there too, and absolutely warm clothes and warm jackets, uh, anything to keep people warm and dry secure. Shoes. Yeah, dry shoes. That's a good point. I was reading kind of an interesting article earlier about. Um, you know, kind of different things to keep in mind in terms of supporting them, uh, because culturally, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of folks going out there who aren't native or don't, you know, um, know much about the culture, and uh, there's been a lot of kind of cultural mm, lessons learned out there. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of really traditional um folks uh native peoples you know are still a little bit wary of of taking contributions from those outside um i mean thinking kind of connecting it back to you know how the diseases that came with the europeans you know here take some blankets you know i yeah. mean so there's a, a cultural um memory and uh, and uh, and a lingering um and justifiable distrust um of, of, of those on the, uh, who are outside 
So, um, you know, if, if people are going to try to support it, you know, be sensitive uh, to what's going on out there. Well, well a that, lot of people okay. came after, yeah. after uh, Burning Man, came straight out from Burning Man and kind of felt like brought that energy with them. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that's not what's happening there. Yeah. What's yeah. happening there is different, and the way of praying there is different. And you have to keep in mind both the fact that that is true and also the fact that some of these elders have relatives who remember the Indian Wars, you know? So it's within living memory. I was talking to somebody about my family and the fact that when I was born, my great-grandmother's grandfather was still alive and he was one of the people who was removed from the east coast this stuff is much closer than it looks you know and you have to you have to be respectful you know it's not it sounds like a long time but these days 150 years is you know you can span that into generations yeah a couple generations generations yeah absolutely I mean, well, uh, uh, that's yeah. why I put that, uh, that you know, when, when Native people stand up and say no, that th- these are teaching moments. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is when outsiders come in, uh, I'm just going to give my, my advice, what I gave myself and how I do it. When I was younger, I would come into the Native, uh, uh, to where Native people were, and I shut my mouth. You know, the only way you learn anything is by shutting your mouth. And listening because first of all I don't know what it is for native people I'm not a native person I grew up as a farm kid so I had some idea because of my own beliefs but I still didn't have a clue so the way you do it is if you come into a native struggle and you're there because you believe in it because you believe it's not only their struggle it's all our struggles come with the good heart but listen don't come and try to tell them what to do because as that memory is there, they've heard from that. But come and listen. And maybe when you get to my age, you might be able to say a couple things here and there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, even from culture to culture within Native America, we have to pay some attention to that. They don't, I mean, um, when I when I've worked with Lakota people in the past, um, my own my own knowledge of my own culture has no bearing on it because they're so different. You know, there are thousands of cultures we're talking about. So, you know, were I to go to Standing Rock, I would keep my mouth shut too and just listen and do pretty much what I'm told because that's the necessary thing there now. You know, at the same time, the work that a lot of people who are coming from outside are doing is incredible and necessary and important. I mean, um, I've heard some, and I've seen some people on Facebook be pretty nasty about Mark Ruffalo, but the fact is is that he's brought a lot of attention. So there's there's mixed reviews of that, but, you know, because um, he's kind of, he's got a perspective on protecting water it's work he's done before in different places and that so he's got opinions and he shares them and he's listened to because of who he is but the reality is is the the actors and and the um, non-native people who've come help make it more visible for a lot of people so for me I'm glad they're there you know it's a complicated issue but 
Well, it's a little bit like what happened to Marlon in yeah, the seventies. What are you re- What are you referencing? Well, Marlon Brando when uh, when he stood up at the native people. Mm. Well, you do you, you don't remember? Oh, oh. Uh, oh well, you're young. I, w- I wasn't alive in That's the seventies. Right. Well, I thought maybe historically. I'm sorry. You might <laughs> well, when you got the Academy Award, uh, Sashin Littlefeather was uh, sent, and she uh, was there to not accept the Academy uh, Academy, and she she told uh, why he wasn't. And uh, it was because of the history of what uh, Native people have had to put up with and are still putting up with. Uh, and so he, you know, Marlon Brando stood up with the Civil Rights Movement. He was one of the first uh, people who marched in the 50s. So he was always, always was there for the struggle, I think. Uh, and, of course, he paid a certain price for it as well. Yeah. But also, I mean, Sashin paid quite a price. Uh, John Wayne offered to beat her up. Backstage at that event, and oh, uh, such a was restrained by people. So she's not that much taller than I am, you know. It's it, it's it's pretty horrific the way that thing unspun, and still they bring her up. I mean, uh, Bill Maher was talking about her in incredibly unflattering terms not all that long ago while she was battling cancer. And oh, really? Yeah, I mean it's it's oh. incredible. Those things have have so tasteful ripples huh? and yeah there's there's a target a responsible target to pick you know um, they were saying some incredibly unflattering things about her it's not about who she was or, or any of it it yeah. was about the struggle well, and I think Brando was making an incredibly good point yeah but well, uh, he did and the, the beat goes on absolutely well, and we so hand so it hand to hand and continue it so um, and speaking of struggle yeah um, was anybody aware of the uh, the action that took place last night in on 22nd and Mission? No, what happened? Yeah, yes, I got invited to do this, and I kind of thought more people knew yeah. about it. But I, I read it in action on 22nd and Mission that was organized by people talking about the um, the gentrification and uh, the housing stuff that's happening. And so it started at 24th and Mission with a little small rally and then we marched up to 22nd and Mission near the the pit that where that fire took place there. The Gartland pit? No, 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 no the no, other, other uh, the one at 22nd. Oh, of course. The one at 22nd. Oh, good. That when I took the pit, the Garland pit, but that was 16. Yeah, that was that was yeah. that. Another, that was uh, the time of Sasha and Littlefeller in fact. Yeah, exactly. All time goes on. Okay, wow, man. you just gave me a memory back, Dave. Yeah, the Gartland Goodness. Anyway, we went up there and we they, they built a living room in in the crossroads there. And we had uh, someone prayed and then there was some poetry read. And we stopped traffic for about an hour. Oh, beautiful. Wow. <laughs> it's really yeah. I could have gone down there. It's right in my... I'm right there. I'm <laughs> not really what? sure why it wasn't out there more visibly, but it was actually a really beautiful moment. Oh, the the moment itself. And there's going to be another on the 16th of November, I believe, at uh, in front of City Hall. It's going to be another reunion. So these things are connected. And one of our roles of finding that common thread, Val, is to let people know knowing what's happening. That's on the 16th, in front of City Hall, I believe. And I said it's gathered together again about uh, uh, again about what's happening. Oh. And so the beat uh, the beat goes on. Yeah, this. Um Maybe, are you talking about um, a, su- 
Solidary for Standing Rock exactly. event. That's going to be on Tuesday, oh, that's right. Tuesday, Tuesday, November 15th okay. at Civic on? Center Plaza at 6.30 a.m. Thank you. Mm -hmm. so, so a bit of a sunrise type of uh, gathering there. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm actually, I'm going to wake up early, everybody. I'm going to go. Okay, let's be there. It's my intention to be there as well. There's so much going on these days. There you know, is, because yeah. Because the 13th is the last uh, literary event at the at the Modern Times space. Yeah. Which is, uh, your, uh, which is the event which you've done regularly as an open mic for quite some time, isn't that right? It's been about a year. About a year. So let's, uh, to, uh, to be continued, you're welcome to bring it here on a Friday, uh, Common oh, Thread Collective. Thank you. Uh, what, what is, thank you, we're all doing, uh, doing, doing more together than any of us can do on our own. In fact, uh, here, here is uh, two members of Trio Cambio are going to play some music. Oh, nice. Let's get them set up our, out there. Well, we're, we're waiting for the calls from uh, the call from from Standing Rock. From Standing Rock. Feathers so out connected. there. We'd be organic, and uh, thanks to Organic Valley Co-op, we're able to do all of this. Yeah. What it's very cool. Well, very cool. I'd like to read one, and then yes. she wants to. Ready for I have a poem, but you know, oh, can wait. no, no, no. So, no, oh, no, we, you, this no. is and our then I want to do a short one, yeah. For they're not, if I can, they're outside right now. If not, I won't. <laughs> Perfect. Well, anyway, it's all connected. Navy people told us our fate when the last tree is cut down, the last fish eaten, and the last stream is poisoned, you will realize you cannot eat your money. The quote is from the 20th century when native people warned us of our fate if Usans continued their trajectory of destruction of flora and fauna. Bees will no longer pollinate or bring us honey. Mm. There are stories from salmon people that when the pale ones from the east arrived, children could walk across the streams of the backs of the salmon. Go to these same streams if they still exist in any numbers and tell me what you see if you dare to look. Then look at the systems dependent on salmon's passing. Their body gives nutrients to life without which all there would, will die, including the giant redwoods. They will not be brought back by medicine people or shamans. We are losing the salmon people, the flora and fauna, and you did it without a care. When the last tree is cut down, the last fish eaten, and the last stream is poisoned. You will realize you cannot eat your money. You can't expect many more warnings. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for that. Okay. So, Kim, you have a poem to read as well, and then we'll remind everybody about the, the time and date of the Modern Times reading. Out here we're made of cyclone fence and the boxes where we store folded sunsets. They could break your will. The dance of being hauled away for sitting, for not taking the invitation to leave. Not for now. And the ritual movements will make you keen old songs you should know. We'll drag from your tongue the language of the gods, of pavement and accusation. The doors and windows in this place don't open. We don't remember how to build them that way, and the ships come and go to a different schedule. Oh. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It reminds me of um, last week's show. We ended up 
playing um, a Thanksgiving Day speech by John Trudell. It was since Thanksgiving Day, 1980, and I mean, it's a, you can find it on YouTube. It's about a, it's about half an hour long. We played a good portion of it towards the end of the show, and what he really um, explores and kind of opens up is that the artifice of the systems that are in place, the artifice of of belief systems that have been kind of put upon us culturally, um, and also how it has been an affront to the indigenous peoples um, of, well, of this nation and of others. Um, But, you know, just these ideas that that, uh, were kind of given and uh, maybe never given a chance to question. Um, so the, the schedules, right? They you know, put it on a schedule. Um, you know, it's interesting up in the, up in Marin, the Marin poetry center, um, has, um, readings at, uh, there's a big mansion up in San Rafael. It's, it's uh, was, it's owned, it was owned by, um, uh, Robert Dollar and Dollar was the first person to put the West coast shipping on a, on a timetable. You know, and then you think about it, but you know, it's like, oh, before that, it was like, what's that? Out there in the park. Uh, it's up off of Fourth yeah, it's Street. Up it's up. Park, it's yeah. kind of tucked. Up. It's yeah. it's really close yeah. though to I downtown. Know, I know the place. Yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, it's this big, beautiful uh, mansion, and it's a it's a great place to perform poetry. But um, you know, it just thinking about the fact that you know so much is standardized. So much has been place you know it's like oh well yeah, i mean i mean he just kind of knocked out his competition because nobody else had had a time schedule where they say actually we're going to be there on tuesday um so yeah just the this uh the 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 construction of of time and things like that um thank you kim shuck for reading that poem hey. thank you I, so the, the reading yeah the tell us about the reading starts at four o'clock it does start at four okay it starts at four okay so. That's where I will be, and thereafter I think uh, there's another reading down the street. Right yeah, Bloodflower. Yeah, we'll be that, we'll uh, be there at Adobe from five to seven. So right. I'm glad yours starts at four, and, and then um, uh, we'll come over after six. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we'll there's be there to nice a couple. Of I I feel like yeah. it's a great opportunity to really create a prayer space and really invest in it. You know, sort of holding down these different spots on the street. Yeah. We gotta stick together because this has gotten dire. I mean, it's been bad, and uh, now it's life and death. So. Oh my goodness! It has been called the Lower Twenty Fourth Street Cultural Corridor, and uh, life and death is gonna life and life and life. I see a couple members of uh, of Trio Cambio there. Yeah, they're, they're getting they're getting ready. Sound check. They could do they're, the sound check. They're, they're getting their themselves together they're out there. Together. Yeah. And then we'll call we'll hear from Standing Rock. Yeah, so yeah. It's four forty four right now, so that's a good that's a good hour. It's all lined up. Perfect. I I want to read a poem and then we'll see if um we'll see if they're they're ready by the end of it. We'll see. We'll see. And this one kind of along the same lines as we were just talking about. Uh, this is called Calendar. They've tried to redefine time by putting it in a straight line and calling it clockwise. Digits in sequence winding and waiting down the red line, conveniently painted on the pavement. It's an order of artifice, carrying an air of correctness until it becomes questionless. When in fact, it has supplanted actuality. A thousand suns could tell us which way to look for morning. But the subtle and unsettling oversight is the course of the moon running what would be called counter. But clearly, it is the marker, 
orbit and watcher, seamstress and friend, putting the pattern before us. Oh. So anyway, oh. yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you for being yeah. with us. We've got Richard Sandrell and Kim Shuck and Diamond Dave. And I'm going to do a little check. Let's see if uh, the duo of Trio Cambio, let's do a little mic check out there. Where, which, which, uh, all right, I got your vocals. I got, okay, I got that. And then a guitar, little, little, okay. Are there, oh, okay. Do it again. Do a little bit more. All right, so that's one. Okay. All right, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> and here they be, and they said they've prepared uh, three songs. Is that right? Well, let's let's do it. Let's hear it, and uh, they're going to be featured uh, next Saturday at Adobe Bookstore as part of my f my 79th B day. Yeah. If you come in too, you'll be featured. We're really excited to play next week, um, but we want to dedicate this set to to Standing Rock. We know they're coming in live um, right after this, and it just feels like really important to just send some some blessing that way. This is a water song.
so beautiful. Mm, thank you. Good to see you. Thank you for being here. You've got a couple more songs you're gonna play. Yeah, right? yeah, we yeah, got two yeah. more. Nice. This next one, um, Trio Cambio. Yeah. Ooh, nice. From Water Comes to from Fire. From Colombia. So cool. Trio Cambio, duo Cambio today. <laughs> yeah. So is that? Yeah. So this next song is. Um, part of the Dances of Universal Peace, or Danzas de Paz Universal, and we learned it when we were in Colombia. Hay fuego en mi ser, tengo el poder. Hay fuego en mi ser, tengo el poder. Urculina, hey, tráenos tu medicina. Spirit, it's so great to have you guys, you, you two sisters, right here. Now you have a third song, guys. Uh, no, one more uh, song. One more song. So beautiful, so special, isn't it, Val? It is. Um, it's always uh, so uplifting to have you with us on here on the Common Thread. Dave always refers to you as our house band, by the way. <laughs> One of our house bands, which is true. Every time you come in, you make our house warm. <laughs> well, we heard the we heard the call yeah. for today. Yeah, we heard the call. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fantastic. You know what that means?
Thank you. Wow. Beautiful moments. such powerful peaceful beautiful music um from winsong and sophia of trio combio uh dedications out to the good people everybody um at sandy rock sioux reservation uh protest camp protesting the dakota access pipeline that's supposed to go underneath the missouri river half a mile up from the standing rock reservation um, which supplies all the drinking water to the tribe as well as all the drinking water to millions of americans downstream of where the pipeline is slated to go underneath 
the Missouri River, and not only underneath the Missouri River, but under the Mississippi River at different points as well. This they huge all go into one another. Yeah, this whole ugly project um, of uh, continuing to extract from the earth um, when clearly we have the means and and in many ways the determination to uh, do something new and get away from all of this dirty uh, dirty energy that we don't need anymore how many cultures do you know that actually pray for their enemies health native people do they're not just doing it for themselves and for the people who support them and the, for the people who are all around these areas who, who will be affected, but they're enemies as well yeah. because they know they have children. So, you know, how many cultures do you know that actually pray for the health of their enemies? Well, I hope that our, our, the leaders of our country here get... Uh, get woke so to speak um because uh so much of what used to be standards of uh even of conflict following the geneva convention against uh war crimes has really been thrown out the window by the past uh couple presidents and um well at least more uh, more pointedly um certainly since george bush was in office uh the the way that um you know, torture is sanctioned and, and extradition, you know, and, and, uh, oh, well, it doesn't matter. And Obama signed the defense bill that said that we could go and, um, kill an American citizen abroad if we, if they're suspected of terrorism. I mean, this is, this is, you know, just, just absolutely ridiculous. And, um, and Rudy Giuliani also, also said everything's fair in war. I think that was wrong in Hitler's time. <laughs> Well, if, they, if we can't, if they don't get woke, we're going to move right around them. And I believe we have a call here from Standing Rock. It should be Hank and Feather. Hi, is Feather? I can't. I can't. Oh, good. Okay. You can talk. Okay. Hey. Yeah, that, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. This is Feather, right? Okay. It is. Hey, Feather, are you there? I think we have a duo. We have Fe we have Feather and Hank uh, and the standing right uh, standing uh, rock side of the side of the phone to call. Is that right, Feather? <clears throat> That's right. Okay, and Hank, are you there too? Yeah, my name's actually Hey. It's short for Hiasa. Hiasa. Okay, get. <laughs> in, I know you're on speakerphone, um, which is is okay if you just both stay pretty close to the phone. Hey was okay. a little a little distant there. You know, we might get better reception outside, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, you're coming, you're coming through clearly. Just um, you know, stay close to that to that mic on the phone, so we can so we can uh, get the volume we need here. Which okay, I've got everything turned up as best I can. Well, okay. it sounds uh, yeah, we can hear you uh, clearly. Yeah, we can hear you. Not only clearly right here in San Francisco, but I'm sure uh, spreading around the uh, uh, on the uh, MutinyRadio.fm, spreading around the planet and the internet. So really, give us uh, let us know what's going on there. This be Standing Rock, am I right? Yes, we're at Standing Rock right now, and uh, we have been. Uh, I've been staying at the main camp. There are several thousand people here. 
I, I would guess maybe 3,000. Um, people are coming in and out. Uh, a lot more folks are able to come on the weekends, which is great. Uh, there was a very uh, large group of people who were taking the um, <clears throat> the um, the workshop today uh, in uh, civil disobedience and um, you know nonviolent uh, protest. So that was great. I was good to see a whole group there and. We had a really great action a couple days ago, and that was amazing to me. The water protectors swam across the river and stood waist deep in very cold water in November in North Dakota and talked, just talked to the police that were all lined up over there and tried to explain to them what they were doing and why. It was very peaceful, and they were um, attacked several times with, with mace and pepper spray and rubber bullets, not too many, but a few, uh, no one was arrested. And that was a good thing. And it went on for about four hours. And on the other shore where the rest of us were, we were encouraging them on. We were also talking to the cops. We had a, a megaphone or um, what do you call them? Megaphone. Yeah, like, like a megaphone. And... There was a lot of them, there sure were, and they were armed to the teeth with the, the mace and the rubber bullets and who knows what else. Looked like there were a couple snipers up on the hill, too. But it yeah. was very, very peaceful, and, and the elders uh, were the ones who began the whole thing, and the Red Warriors had built kind of a cool bridge to the other side, almost the other side, so that you could walk right out on the bridge and get close up to them and talk to them. Wow. So and the reason that that bridge was built was because we were trying to get onto the north. The other side is uh, the north side of that water is actually the easement land um, that was taken by Dapple. And that land is 1851 treaty land um, that was never ceded, that was actually taken from the Sioux tribe um, um, for corporate interests. So. We were trying to build a bridge to get over there for that uh, reason, to establish another camp through there, because in the next couple of weeks, that's where the pipeline will be coming through. And that's right before the Oahe Reservoir, which actually uh, gives drinking water to 18 million people. So that's why we're trying to get over there. Wow. So the beat goes on, it, it continues. And then the first thing I saw on FB, the Facebook this morning, was that several of the cops have turned in their badges and said, no, this is not what we came to do. This is not what we're about doing. Have you heard that also? Well, I have heard yes, that. Yes, it's true. When you, I, I've asked a cop once, um, do you know why you're here? And the face just seemed to drop, and there were, he shook his head, and he said no. And... So I, I believe it. It hasn't been confirmed, but I, I somehow believe it because when you look no, at their confirmed. eyes. It's confirmed. Two cops turn in their badges. Well, it's on Ryan Redhawk. Um, so the other thing that was that was really beautiful about that was the drums were going the whole day. And, um, you know, we were saying a lot of positive things to the, to the cops, too, trying to reach their humanity. And I think that's a very, very important thing to do. And these water protectors swam the ice-cold river, and, you know, obviously they had no weapons on them, and they stood in that water up to their waist for a long time, a lot of them. So they were pretty brave to do that. Um, and, um, and then yesterday was amazing. Uh, 
500 and I think 36 clergy people from all over the country all showed up at once. Oh my goodness. And there was a huge crowd at the sacred main circle in the morning. And then they all walked together, all different denominations from all over the country. And then they walked together out on the bridge and did a prayer ceremony on the bridge that just north of uh, the camp. And that was really amazing. And they asked if they could stop, uh, if the helicopter could stop swooping down so they could, everybody could hear themselves pray. And I think they did back off a little bit. And then uh, a whole bunch of people went to Bismarck to the governor's office, and I was not able to go on that personally. Did you go ahead? Yeah, so uh, there's actually an excellent article in the Bismarck Tribune today about both of those uh, parts of the day yesterday, the action. And one of the things, I was I was here at the casino. We have to go eight miles to get Wi-Fi. So I was up here working on some other things, and in the evening, a lot of the the clergy people were staying here, and I got to speak with this wonderful woman, and she said the highlight of the day in Bismarck to her was they were uh, they were all standing and um, refusing to leave, and the and the cops came up and they they handcuffed one Native American man. They picked him out of the crowd and handcuffed him, and then they said, "All right, you have you have to disperse," and they said. Well, why did you handcuff him and not us? We're all doing exactly the same thing. He's doing the same thing we're doing. Why did you pick him out? And then they couldn't answer them, and they said, well, we're not going to disperse until you set him free. And so the cops took his handcuffs off. So every day is another amazing event. I saw today also on Facebook that indigenous people from other continents are beginning to, beginning to show up there and to pray along with you folks and so on. So it's, this be spreading planet-wide, am I right? Yeah. Um, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because there's two sets of people right now organizing hundreds upon hundreds of people of busloads here. And that's another thing I wanted to tell you is um, if people want to fill up um, 50 person charter buses, I'm hoping that they can email me um, and organize together so that we can get you here. My email is thiscommonuser at gmail.com. That's T-H-I-S-C-O-M-M-O-N-U-S-E-R at gmail.com. And yeah, there are people coming from different continents, um, different uh, provinces. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I've met people from Brazil and all over South America, Australia, Canada, China, Russia. Um, yeah, it's really impressive. But again, if you're trying to get large groups of people here, uh, email me at thiscommonuser at gmail.com. How long have you two been out there? Um, I've been out here for two and a half months, and I believe that Feather's been out here since August. Uh, actually, September. September and 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 Feather, you um, you made a you called into our show several times about a year ago um, after the Rainbow Family gathering, um, which happened in the Black Hills, um, and and had you know what came out of that was this Rainbow Family and Lakota Rainbow uh, Lakota Alliance um, that we talked about a lot. I mean, are you out there with some of those same folks, um, Feather? Yes, we are. We totally are. Some of the same elders, a lot of the folks from Wounded Knee, uh, Helen, Helen Redfeather's here. 
Um, Belva Janice wishes to come back. Jean Roach has been here. Um, Dorothy's here with her husband and her two grandsons, uh, Justin, and he just got out of jail yesterday. Uh, there's many, many people here. Uh, Waylon Blackcrow from the Thunder Lake Sundance was here about a month and a half ago. There's an annual run around the Black Hills, the 500-mile run around the Black Hills. And then the whole group of people ran another 150 miles to come up here, and they did it in three days. Whoa. And so that was just an incredible thing, having them all coming in. And we heard that there's a lot more people from Pine Ridge on their way up here now. And then uh, I saw Whalen, who's the uh, holy man, medicine man of the Thunder Lake Sundance, and a couple of us on the cleanup crew were invited to go to it after the gathering, which was a, an incredible experience. So it was really good to see them. And um, Leonard Peltier's son, Chauncey, was here, let's see, two weekends ago, and he had a table right by the main circle, and I was able to help him get some more signatures. And uh, Leonard Peltier Week in Washington, D.C. Tell, tell us about that. We were there last Thanksgiving, and now this is going to be a, a little later in the month. In the early, uh, there's going to be a caravan. Leave, you, uh, folks are going to be leaving on a caravan, heading for D.C. again for Leonard Peltier Month. This is the, the chance, maybe the last chance that Obama has to free Leonard Peltier. Tell us a bit about that, and am I right? Yes, you're right. So there's going to be caravans coming out of here and buses. And we're, we're really wanting a lot of people to support in any way that they can, because this is it. Because, um, you know, when uh, Obama's out of office, we're, we're not going to, you know, this is going to be the last chance for him to be able to pardon him or to however he would do to transmute the sentence and, and let him free so he can come home to his people. So. We're working on that, you know, with Chauncey and everybody and uh, the Winter Peltier Support Committee. And on Chauncey's uh, Facebook site, uh, Leonard Peltier is innocent. And then also there's, there's legal people that are working on that that are also working on Standing Rock. So it's all connected. And we're praying for him. And, you know, he, he needs to be released. And it's and all connected. Remember, we talked... Last time we were in, uh, in fact, in D.C. in the green in the green path, we were actually able to talk to Leonard Peltier. He had just gotten out of uh, uh, out of he'd been in uh, he'd been in solitary confinement. They just let him out, and he gave us a call. And that was last uh, Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving. So, uh, so yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Let's keep this wonderful going. And so you too. Uh, uh, you too. Will you will you could call us about the same time next week. And we'll, uh, and uh, so we can get a regular weekly reports of how this is all happening, eh, Val? Absolutely. And uh, I have a couple, couple more questions before before we, we end this. Um, a couple native couple who were said they were going to be coming right up after me, but I guess we're getting out of time now. Is that correct? Oh, no, we have time. We certainly have time. It's only it's only five fifteen. We've got another half hour, really, but of before our show wraps up. Um, but in terms of um, what, what's your friend's name there? Hey, my name is Hey. 
Hey, okay. You, you, I mean, you're talking about getting, um, you know, if, if people want to organize charter buses to get out there. We were having a little conversation just a little bit ago on the show talking about kind of the cultural sensitivity that's required um, that is encouraged and for people who are not natives or even people who are native but from different parts of the country um, in terms of going out there. What What is the... Um, what is the hope for other folks who are, who are trying to organize to get out there? What, what can they contribute and what should they know? Okay, so there's a couple of things. You, you kind of touched upon the bus thing and you touched upon the cultural sensitivity thing and these two things are interconnected. Um, one, we are prioritizing actual nations and native folks. That doesn't mean that white people shouldn't be coming out here or cannot get on that bus. Um, but we are prioritizing that because this is um, this is a historic event, 300 plus nations coming out here, um, working together. This has never been seen before. Um, on the other side of that, um, I think that, well, one, there are cultural sensitivity trainings, as it were, here. Um, but I think that white folks need to understand the history of colonization and how um, maybe that there's much more space and attention given to white folks in, in many much um, in many areas of society. So taking a step back is important when we come over here. And especially if our solidarity is right, um, then we know that we need to respect the leadership, the native leadership around here. So um, that means not taking over projects, um, not taking lead on something where you think maybe a native person should be doing that. Um, because again, this is um, their movement, and you know it does affect everybody. But um, it is important that um, Native folks take leadership of this. Um, so, did I did I answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's what I I think it's fantastic that so many people are out there supporting. Um, what are, what are some ways that um, what what are some of the projects that are going on out there that that everybody in the camp is working on? I know winter's coming; it's it's cold out there. Um, what kind of what how's how's it getting set up for the for the next uh, leg, so to speak? Wintering or day to day well, yeah. things. You hit on it. Winter is actually what's on everybody's mind right now. Uh, we're truly digging in um, and uh, we're building teepees. We're building, um, you know, chopping wood and um, getting um, getting resources here, such as wood and all of that. Um, we have daily meetings, um, camp meetings, um, and that usually revolves around winterization. Um, I really, next week, I'd love to get, and of course I'd have to have permission for this, but I'd love to get um, a conversation of one of these uh, winter planning meetings for y'all to really, so that y'all can see how, how we work together over here. I really couldn't even describe it in words. Um, but that's pretty much the daily work. I mean, there's always kitchen work to do. There's always trash to pick up. There's always wire, firewood to split. There's always... Um, there's always media to edit. There's everything is always going on, and um, you got to be really careful not to burn out out here. Whatever we could do, uh, we're we're uh, this is open uh, 
open uh, thanks to the thanks to what we're doing right now next week we can be open between three and six san francisco time three and a quarter to six each and every friday so let me know let us know how we could make that happen and we could uh, do just that we could have uh, what's going on there in the tp in the yurt or or the, the yurt or wherever you're going to be if we could find some way to uh, to uh, to send that around the internet live i think that would be a good day to thing to do and something which hasn't happened before is that right val well it, um, we haven't it hasn't happened through us but there is a lot of there is a lot of independent media out there and thankfully so well, because, no, i was talking uh, about for us certainly oh yeah absolutely is. yeah know, uh, we are certainly part of um, consider us a, a resource um you know we do stream live on the internet and, and the shows become a podcast here uh, our show the common thread collective and mutiny radio.fm uh, broadcasting out of San Francisco um, but we do have thousands of listeners around the planet and uh, you know, we want to be able to disseminate information and, and let people know how they can help and and give and give uh, give uh, a platform to to you and all the good people out there um, for whatever you may want to uh, messages you need to get out there well I appreciate that I'm gonna actually be looking for people to give different updates and different perspectives all the time and speaking of we have Ryan here Robert. I'm sorry, Robert. Um, Robert. And hope that your next question is directed towards him. Robert, what has it been to your life? Are you are you local? Are you from the area? Are you there at Pine at Pine Ridge or at Standing Rock before all this began? Hi. Good evening. My name is Robert Satayakam. I'm a citizen of the Puyallup tribe of Indians, which is up near Tacoma, Okay. I don't and, know. Uh, my tribe had recently sent. Hello? Robert! Hello? The line's still live. I don't know what happened to the connection. Oh, we're still on. They're still on the phone, but something happened <laughs> on the other side. Um, oh, that's so unfortunate. Let's see. Oh, the line dropped. This call dropped, so maybe they'll give us a call right back. Uh, well, let me just turn on a little music and, and see if the phone rings again. Does anybody know where the heads do you go? Do they fly away? To a better place where I'm out of space where little buddies are safe. The fuck away from the broken glass and the cocaine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Thank you for calling back. Of course, we're, we we understand technical difficulties here at Mutiny Radio. Um, thank you for calling back. You're back on the show. Thank you for being here. So where were we? Where, where were we? We were talking with Robert before. Hey, Robert. Hey, the Feather. I think the, the subject was what we get, what we can do this time next week, maybe at 5 o'clock next week, our time, yeah. as far as bringing in some of these other folks. Uh, but as far as talking about winterizing, for instance, with the folks there, and also being able to put that around the planet, so people have some idea how could they they could lend a hand. How's yeah. that? I, uh, that's yes, and let's keep in touch with Feather that way. The call dropped again, but I mean they're out there in in North Dakota. They're out on uh, camp, you know, out in camp. So you know, I'm surprised their phone even works. Oh, it's ringing again. <laughs> Feather, are you there? Okay, let's try to hold on, because we're about okay, to... Okay, hang on. We're hanging All right, on. we can hear you, so that's good. We're hanging yes. in, right. and we're hanging around. All right, here we go. Let's try it again. And here's Robert back. Okay. Hey, Robert. Welcome back, Robert. Yeah. Robert, so we were talking about the, with the winterizing idea, that you folks are getting together and talking about where we go from here. And we could add to it. We'll see how that could be done. We could add add to it and let people know around the planet on the internet, listening to Mutiny Radio. That's us. How they could be lend a hand and what's needed. That's where I was when we got when we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, uh, this is Robert Satayik. I'm a citizen of the Celt Tribe of Indians in Tacoma, Washington. And uh, what uh, what we seem to need here is uh, more bodies. You know, more more permanent bodies. More 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 people to. Um, Go down here. Uh, more, more people to benefit uh, and support, and to, to be available and to be here to, uh, you know, to, to like to, to support and, and to be available to uh, to the camp. You know, right now they're they're really uh, working hard up there. They got our they got us uh, blocked our access to where we need to be uh, to defend it. We have an advanced camp out there. You know, but uh, we we need bodies out here. You know, not, not no more words we're talking about or media about or standing about it. We need the bodies out here ASAP. Let's see what we can make it ASA. That's as soon as possible. Let's see what we can do and say, hey, folks, going out. So, uh, so what? What's the? Uh, go get involved. Uh, yeah, go get involved. How to get involved? You mentioned the, the brother, the brother who's working on getting the buses there. How can people connect up? Let us know how to get involved and get connect up in case people say, hey, I'm a body. I have a body. I want to be involved. I think I'm gonna head out in their direction. Hey, you three. Well, um, since we are bringing tons of buses out here, um, we can bring tons of donations out here. So 
I'll give you my email again. It's thiscommonuser at gmail.com. We do need wood. We do need wood stoves. We need uh, beds such as mats. Um, and it's extremely cold. Oh, it's extremely cold. Yeah. So we need uh, winter supplies. Yeah, it gets negative 20 here with wind chill of negative 60. The snow drifts are six foot. It's uh, no joke out here. So if you're going to come out here, be serious about it. And um, we don't need people to be here for just a weekend. We need people to be here for the long haul. Um, it's nice to have you out here for a week and all that for support, but we truly, truly need long-term warriors. Yeah, building that community out there to take care of everybody, right? Um, I don't know if Robert's still there. I was just wondering. Yeah. Robert, Robert's still here, and I'll hand you right over to him, but I also want to say that we're getting a big load of yurts. These are, are original Mongolian yurts, or 3,000-year-old designs made by a Mongolian family. And uh, we are getting 25% off on the price for people who are going to stay the winter. And they're absolutely beautiful and hand-painted. I helped put a couple small ones together. I'm going to get an eight-footer that will be like a little rabbit hole for me, but there's larger ones too. And so we're trying to raise money. There's a few really key people that could sure use a yurt, like the uh, Camp Media and uh, Aspen. And so here's Robert. Yeah, thank Thanks for coming back on, Robert. Um, so you came out there, you went out there from Tacoma, Washington. What brought you out there? How long have you been there? And um, what has this meant for you? Well, you know, I haven't been out here that long. You know, I was, my, my, like, I, I'm not sure if you heard before we were cut off that my tribe uh, is sent out uh, along with another uh, contingency of tribes. We sent our chaputs, our canoes out this way uh, shortly around uh, around the Labor Day time. Uh you know, I, I'm a radio host back home, too, and so I, I have things I needed to do, and I just didn't want to show up to, to get a pennant or a pin or say, hey, I was there, or get a Facebook picture. You know, my time is serious, you know, and uh, uh, I wanted to make it, uh, you know, make myself available to give, the, you know, to, to be able to give and contribute, not to show up to be a liability or a, a worry to the camp like that. I wanted to come and, and, and you know, and, and really provide and, and uh bring some structure, you know, and uh, what I can too. You know, I'm a, a radio host back home, and so I have, you know, millions of listeners as well, and so I'm reporting from there as well. I, I made it uh, a broadcast yesterday from there, and uh, as, a, as a national or a, a, the elector for Washington State, I'm drawing national headline news too, so I'm bringing uh, any and all uh, times I, I interview uh, attention to what is occurring, what is happening, and what is about to happen out here in North Dakota, you know. Wow. The heinous idea of constructing this, this, this black snake under and over precious and sacred and holy landscape places and sites, you know. And oh, so yeah. we're going to do whatever it takes to teach this country that no means no. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So let's look at it this way. Well, you know, uh, our no's never mean anything to anybody. You know, our no's maybe we'll go, we'll fight it in court, find the, the, the non-native guy who, who thinks the Indians are mascots, and you can get their way. You know, now there's there's people of many different countries and colors and different directions, and the ones in between too that are here in support and standing and doing for Standing Rock and everyone else around. You know. There's a lot of gratitude that should be given to these people in that somehow, some way, you know. And so we put calls out to more yurts or teepees. That, 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 that should be flooding in. The people should be flooding in. The resources should be flooding in. It's flooding all in. water. 
ours. And I say it's us, not just theirs. I mean, well, hey, man, what's my lending a hand? You know, hey, Robert. Corporations, profiteers, privateers, and and uh, and the like like that. No, no more. No, their the, the time is done. And so is the fossil fuel industry now. You know, they, they're showing ways out there, sustainable ways. People are doing what they love to do and doing what they do best. And that's what a new world would look like, you know, instead of having jobs and consuming like we're doing. This is just a gravy chain of profit for those ones that are detached and, and probably not even from this planet. You know, I'll go ahead and say it like that because these people that are just riding on the backs of marginalized people and, and the, the people like the Native American people continually taking and putting us at war and abrogating our treaties. They need to be held accountable like that, you know, and, and then they need to be brought out into the light for, this, for us to, to, to examine and look at. I'm not talking about the, you know, these profiteers, privateers, and these corporations. And so I'm here with my sonny boy, nine years old, and my wife, full-blood Quillius and full-blood Puyallup here and stand with my relatives and my relations of the Lakota, Nakota, and Dakota people for the mini Wachoni, our Power, water, hey, I our hear you, brother. our creator. So I kind of just want to end it like that in a good way. Oh, thank you. The three of you are there now. The two of us are the. We're here now. So let's talk uh, talk uh, during this week and see what we can do for next Friday. At this time, an hour before, from five o'clock or four thirty, we'll we'll work all that out and we'll connect and bring that power, bring that communication. We'll be doing more together than any of us can. Either of us, any of us can do on our own. Doing more together than. To doing to more to, to gather to any of us can do to Robert can we do that you guys will have some time to talk about this we'll have some time to talk about this and we'll come back on mutiny radio that's where we are the common thread crowd collective that's the name of the show we're finding that common thread and let's make it happen next week is that is all right with you guys it's all right with this guy. Well, let's do it. Let's <laughs> and, do it. And and Robert, what's your what's your radio show up in Washington, and how we can let people know how to tune in? Beautiful. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, we've enjoyed seven fantastic years on KLEY 1180 AM with the Tribal Talk Radio. With your humble host Robert Tishwak, the Tyakum, every Thursday at noon. And so uh, the last three years, four years, have become nothing but. Uh, environmental and landscape issues as i've gone around and talked to you know the people that are lighting their water on fire fracking getting their land stolen to get bought out to rio tinto and things like that you know and so uh you know yeah i am <laughs> i am standing rock. Right. so that's so that's k-a-l-y tribal talk radio Tribal Talk Radio. We connected another in the driftless region of of, uh, of Wisconsin. Yeah, we uh, did Teresa, Early, earlier. We talked with Radio our Radio Driftless, and her show is called uh, Rootstock. Rootstock out, out in uh, Wisconsin. So let's can we'll do our best to make, connect these up and uh, send it around the planet because that's what we can do. Rootstock, uh, Tribal Talk, and uh, we're the Common Thread Collective on Mutiny Radio. And uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll put that. I'm going to post that on our Facebook page, Common Thread Collective uh, Facebook page, after the show. And um, this will be a podcast available after the show as well. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, and and and, and uh, it, it's all every all very inspiring. That I I wanted uh, Robert to answer. If we have just one minute, uh, I understand from his wife that the plants that are going to be processing this crude and shipping it to China are being built right in their neighborhood. Yeah, if I could add right now, uh, currently, this, uh, tomorrow, our tribe and uh, others will be gathering in Tacoma on a march to the federal courthouse 
in, uh, in opposition to the heinous idea of building the world's largest liquid natural gas plant on, our, on or near our reservation, which is, uh, joins up with the city of Tacoma and the other outlining cities of uh, King County, you know. And so that thing blows, it, it, it's a 150-mile swath of destruction, you know. And we just uh, shoot away the methanol plant. And so uh, our, our hands are busy out in the Northwest. We have 28 proposals to, uh, to export out of our, our front yard and our backyard, coal and oil and methane and liquid natural gas. And so we are out there to say no means no. Hey, brother, so good to hear your voice. So good to look forward to uh, connecting with you three and whoever else you want to bring in the mix because we'll be doing it next week. Oh, by the way, Fe Feather, uh, a week from tomorrow is my 79th birthday. It's going to be at Adobe Bookstore. Right. 79 years on the planet. Oh, my goodness, Feather. In fact, I was thinking of this. Hey, uh, Robert, uh, there, uh, are you the same tribe as his brother? Brother who wrote uh, uh, Tonto and uh, Lone Ranger, Fist Fight in Heaven. Who wrote that book? Sherman Alexi. Sherman, do you know Sherman? Sherman. I, I, yep, Sher Sherman. Go ahead. Sherman, that's my path, too. What did say? Sherman. Pardon me? I said Sherman Alexi. He's the brother. He's the amazing. Uh, he, well, he's quite a lion, I was just told. Well, we're all connected with many tribes, many people doing more together than any of us could do on our own. Hey, so do be continued. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, you three. Hey, Feather. Hey, Robert. Hey, all the three of you. And everybody out there, please, please let them know. Please let people know that uh, we are out here. We're here in San Francisco, um, and there's so many people here who support what's happening um, on behalf of the camp at Standing Rock, and um, and it's it's something that kind of I I check in with every day, and um, you know we support you, and so do so many people around the country, around the world, and I really believe that this is a a tipping point for as you were talking about making that new world possible so thank you yeah, that new world we do what we we do what we love to do and do what we do best and it's what we do best is what we give to the world that's what we're seeing at standing rock because you see a population of people are doing what they love to do but they're also doing what they do best and that's what they're getting good in the camp whether it's the best wood chop the best security the best cook or the best Indian, or the best non-Indian. That's what we are at that camp. We're being the best that we can, and we're giving wow. it And the, here's a line that came to Beautiful. me. Yeah. Here's a line that came to me fairly recently. It's a zigzag journey, a spiral dance. And love will get you everywhere, and hate will get you nowhere. And here we be, brother. Here we be, sister. Here we be, brothers. To be continued. San Francisco, to, to Standing Rock, and beyond. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, um, Feather, Hey, Robert, for calling in. That was such, oh, I'm so glad we finally got through. Um, you know, last week we thought we were going to get a call in, and it was, we were, like, waiting. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm so happy that we can be here and be a platform uh, in a local way and, and set it around the planet and play our small uh, part in um, bringing light to this, um, to this very dire uh, situation in North Dakota where um you know private 
corporation has has uh, kind of abused the law by by using eminent domain um, to to acquire private lands, um, and also they're you know trying to build a pipeline uh, that that jeopardizes fresh water sources, but also goes in violation of that 1851 uh, Fort Laramie Treaty that was never honored uh, for the Sioux people. It's 2016. It's time that those treaties get honored on the land in on this continent and um and we send our love we definitely do and uh happy to be here on uh the common thread collective sisters fellow human beings hey hey val to be continued oh yeah oh yeah with it all it all keeps keeps going on right the, the flow and goes don't on don't forget saturday a week from tomorrow will be uh uh my 79th b day oh my goodness amazing oh my dave amazing and that'll be at adobe bookstore right there on 24th street almost to full some pretty well kitty corner from uh from uh phil's coffee adobe bookstore a really bakery. and the bakery, well. bakery that's right Okay, well, so we're all connecting, connecting, connecting. We are, oh, we are. Goodness. It's been a real beautiful day here at Mutiny Radio. I'm, I'm so pleased. I'm so touched. I mean, Creole Cambio made me cry. They were singing their songs, their water songs. They, they sang a "Water Is Life" song. Um, you know, we, we all feel connected to what's happening. And um, ah, wow. Um, it's radio, but I'm, I'm a little bit speechless. Um, very moved. Each week is a step forward from the week before, you know? Yeah. We're learning by doing and uh, doing by learning. And uh, yeah. I believe that brother Robert from, uh, from, uh, from Washington Tacoma. said it well, doing more together than we can do on our own. Yeah, and I like his vision for a new world also, which is do what we love and do what we do best. And the new world is also a really very old world. And that's what indigenous means. And so by stepping forward, they're stepping back. And uh, and we've Val, we've been so connected down through these years. I know. Occupy, for instance, Occupy in many ways. Yeah. This is Occupy and beyond. You know. It is. It is. And as much attention that can be brought to it as possible is what's going to keep pushing, pushing this forward. Um, wow. We need. We don't need more pipelines. We need more connectivity uh humanity things that are done for the 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 planet and not for profit unless we forget san francisco's where the uh, alcatraz started i was yeah you were talking unless we forget in san francisco's where alcatraz started right the 19 month uh occupation of alcatraz right. and uh, also is where the first longest walk started in 1978 yeah so San Francisco has a, a history. It's the third largest uh, urban uh, population in the country. So there is there's a lot of uh, activity even uh, now, though it's uh, not as, as uh, uh, easily uh, read about. But there's been movements here, the Glen Cove or uh, Sigarate, the movement out there to bring attention to the uh, shell mounds that they were going to put a park over. Unfortunately, it wasn't... Uh, Successful, but it did bring attention uh, uh, to the Ohlone's uh, issues. Uh, and we, as people who live on Ohlone lands, uh, as much as we are paying attention as we should to what's going on Standing Rock, also have your ears and eyes out for the Ohlone and for what we can do to help them. 
Um, you know, there's so much out there to go. And just wanted to make sure that everybody understands San Francisco does have a, a, a history with the movement and uh, is going to be strong again. Absolutely. And I'm, I don't, I'm going to be out there um, to show my, my solidarity uh, next, not this coming Tuesday, <laughs> that's Election Day, but the following Tuesday, November 15th at Civic Center, uh, UN Plaza. Uh, it's going to be um, a solidarity gathering for Standing Rock, and it's going to be at 6.30 a.m. November 15th. So um, I look forward to that. And uh, I'll be watching. People are paying attention. Uh, please continue to pay attention to what's happening out there um, as it affects everybody. It's a bigger issue than just one group of, of people. Um, but everybody matters. And that's the message here from the Common Thread Collective. Everybody matters. Um, we're all... And, 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 and things beyond us. So we can uh, step out of that ego and uh, look out for each other, uh, plant organic food, uh, help each other stay warm and happy and cared for, and uh, look to create structures and, and systems that, that work for everybody and not just for the few who want to profit off of it. You can't eat money as we were reminded earlier. So thank you everybody for listening to the Common Thread Collective today. Um, also, of course, Tuesday is election day, November 8th. So if you want to hear my endorsements of the propositions of San Francisco, you can listen to today's podcast of Women's Magazine with Global Val. That's here on mutinyradio.fm every Friday from 2 to 3. I was also uh, graced with a phone call from the president of the Board of Supervisors, London Breed, who's up for re-election in District 5, which is very, very central district in the city, incorporates many different neighborhoods. And uh, she had a lot to say about uh, some of the some of the uh, some of the moves and the progress that have been made uh, to try to address some of the city's biggest pro biggest uh, issues at this time: affordable housing, uh, police um, brutality, and uh, environmental concerns. So, um, yeah, please tune in to that uh, to that podcast of uh, Women's Magazine with Global Val, which was today, November fourth. And uh, I did I ran through all the propositions in San Francisco A through X. Also, we have the League of Pissed Off Voters, too, if people can find that online as well. That's true, yeah, the, the, the League SF the and the Bay Guardian. Yeah, we actually had, um, just real quick, um, if people want to hear other conversations that we've had here on the Common Thread Collective, um, on sep uh, you can listen to the podcast on September 2nd. We had uh, Deepa Varma, the, exec the director of the Tenants Union, on to talk about the, uh, the ballot. Um, on September 9th, we had... Um, uh, a call in from the Council of Community Housing Organization, and on and on September 23rd, we did have a couple people from the League of Pissed Off Voters. So uh, if you're like totally lost by the 313 pages in your San Francisco voter guide, uh, you could tune in and hear what other people were talking about. So thank you everybody again. It's been a real privilege uh, to be able to connect with the Standing Rock Sioux uh, camp out in North Dakota. And uh, we send nothing but love. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next Friday with a new world one way or the other after Election Day. But remember, local things you definitely can uh, affect with your vote. And don't take it for granted because a lot of people fought a long time, especially for women and for minorities, uh, to have the right to vote. So get out there and do it. <laughs>
you don't have to vote on everything, but you know, find something that makes sense to you and 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 have your say.
start to patter. Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio FM. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host, Pam Benjamin, brings you the best. Pervert Fervor is live now on Mutiny Radio. Coming up at 6 o'clock at the happy hour. The happiest hour of all comedy hours ever in the history of hours. Uh, stay tuned. And uh, yay, Common Thread Collective forever. Uh, they're doing a great thing and making lots of amazing voices come to the forefront. And now Pervert Fervor. 